Hello, uh, everyone out there. Hey, uh, everybody! It's Friday the 13th! Oh, yeah, it is Friday the 13th. Yeah, you're I seeing all these, these things on, um... By the way, I'm Zachary Ferguson, uh, one co-host of uh, Two Thumbs Undecided. I'm Sam Ferguson, the other uh, quote-unquote co-host of the podcast. Yeah, fun fact, Slash everyone. radio show. It's a radio show. Yeah, also, fun fact, everyone. Sam actually used to be a janitor, and I loved uh, his little uh, stories and his love of film that I hired him on. Or it's the... Yeah, it used or to... it may be the other way. I always forget. Sam and I actually don't know who the janitor is. Uh, but yeah, one it was of, so long ago. One of us used to live in squalor. Uh, now we are both um, successful men. Anywho, mm-hmm. yes, today is November uh, 13th. Uh, Joe Biden was elected president-elect. Yeah, to the sh- last time stamp, last time we talked, um, was Biden had just pulled ahead in PA. Yes, I actually, if you listen to our last podcast, at the very end of the podcast, I tell Sam uh, that because... During the podcast, he was at 48 point... They were both at 48.5. And all of a sudden, Joe uh, uh, Joe Biden takes uh, like a point up. And now And he's... also, right before this, we started recording, Georgia has officially been really? um, called. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Oh, that, that's big Georgia news. Georgia was called. I mean, well, it, yeah. well, they are doing the... Re- uh, I know this isn't a They're doing a recount in they Georgia. They are doing the recount. doing a recount in PA, but... Oh, they are? Oh, no, they're not doing a recount. Yeah, no, they're no not. it was they're not. They're just doing a recount in, I think, one other state. I think Arizona, but... um. But who... I mean, I mean honestly... It's not going to account for anything. Like, the, the whole... Like, the, the last recount that really mattered was um in 2000, and that was a difference of, like, 400 votes. But I am all interested... Of the, all these votes are... In the thousands, at least. Yeah, I'm. I'm so, very interested in seeing who after because uh, they gave Georgia a deadline of uh, like at night on Wednesday, so we'll know for sure who won Georgia, Nevada, and Alaska, and North Co- Dakota or North North Carolina. They've they've took too long. They don't even. Yeah. No one even cares. It was anymore. funny because everyone was all like talking about. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really great that PA and. PA really took the was the one that that swung it over. It makes if me we were really still happy waiting to... for the result. Then yeah. there would be, you know, right? There uh, would be a lot more. I gotta tell you, I think from the, because this is kind of a history of you and I, and hopefully they can use this for our Wikipedia. I just want to put this on the record that I think Tuesday night to Saturday day was probably the most like anxious and sad and probably the most alcohol i've ever consumed in wow. five days not during the day i have work but um yes there was quite a lot of because he, he, i was he, also very anxious here's the thing you had november you had tuesday i drank 13 beers and two shots oh um my the next what the poop <laughs> that is a that is a bunch of alcohol that is a lot of of alcohol and what then the yeah uh and i went to work the next day uh I'm, maybe i have that ozzy osbourne type thing or i have a problem who knows uh, but <laughs> then the next day i just had a drink and then it was november the 5th so i had to watch you know v for vendetta and then the rest oh, of the yes, weeks of the, the rest of the days i was just depressed i'm like call it already for the love of god 
Trump. He was my he now, was my transition. But so I I will just I just want to oh, I just want to uh, end this by saying now I'm actually like I feel super healthy. I've completed all my work basically. Um, I'm su- I'm super into my animation. Like I haven't colored this much in forever, and I think I may be done with a- uh, not animating but coloring this huge project by the end of this month, Sam. Wow. Yeah. Um, what was your, what was your transition? My transition last last week was on Monday, which was the elections, right? Monday was the election. It was Tuesday. Wednesday. Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. Tuesday. I had a whiskey sour, maybe three glasses of wine, and then I don't know, maybe just more glasses of wine. I forget, but I didn't have thirteen beers. That's a lot. It was just, well. I, my my goal was to completely ignore what was going on. Oh, um, and I, just I was so uh, into it. Yeah, I was not watching. It's 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 a, it's a um what's it called? Uh, a weakness of mine is whenever I'm in a very stressful situation in which I have no control of the outcome, um, I try to ignore it. Um, it's, it's very hard. That's why I'm not into sports. That's why Ugh. I was scared to watch Pokemon. Um, <laughs> what? And I'm serious. I would watch Pokemon, and I would just hide in the in like behind some pillows, and I would like not he watch did. the outcome of the battles. I would. I thought he was a uh, uh, a Diglett actually, because you know the Pokemon. He would just poke his head out of the pillows, and he would go. They Samlet. called me Diglett. <laughs> Samlet. <laughs> he went Samlet, and I went okay. I wouldn't mind being called Samlet. Um, um, actually, that's a good. That's a good nickname. I like Sam. I'm not. I have come to realize something. Sports in my apartment, uh, it basically takes up all the TV. Uh, I I really dislike sports. Um, not really dislike sports. I find them very. I really find sports mundane. It's the same. Mm. It's the same thing. The shots are all the same. And I've worked in sports. I've I was a cameraman, director, uh, technical director. Audio guy, I've done it all for ESPN three, and I it it's so mundane that you know what they should they should get um uh what's his name uh uh uh, uh Spike Lee to, to direct, direct a, it to direct an ep- to direct, direct a game a they should get of... like a famous honestly that would be a great idea if the NFL teamed I mean. They but don't they need would, to make any. Yeah, I feel like but like if they got like a, I would that would be fascinating. They would need a, if like a director teamed up with NFL to direct it like a a sports like the eye line. Game. Yeah, just like it's all shot. Like let's go within the helmet. Like <laughs> yeah, like cut to this guy's inside the helmet. No, let's put a camera and on this guy's like, butt. Have, yeah, they have like nine camera people like on the field all like you know, carrying like oh my goodness. like Ari Alexas do you know Anyways. how angry the sports fans would be they're like I don't care about this they might like it well you beautiful know, they might like it who knows um but anyways continuing <laughs> on with my week um then so that was Tuesday Wednesday this I was, was last week anxious. by the way this was last week yeah um I was just very anxious the whole time um but at first in the morning, I was kind of just like, okay, Biden lost. Because I was just like, you know, the same thing, the same feelings that were coming four years ago where it was just like, okay, you know, Trump has this momentum and the momentum's not going to stop. I was just really... So I was kind of just like, all right. But then I forgot, you know, that's when all the mail-in ballots are going to be start coming in. 
But then it started, like, people were explaining it to me, and I was probably very annoying, like, texting all my friends that know this stuff. See, for, um, for me... And, well, let me... Oh, for, I don't... So I started texting all these people, and it started becoming clear that, oh, wait, all he needs is Nevada, which I guess hasn't been called yet. Or has it? Uh, no. Yeah, all he needs is Nevada, and, I was, and that was... It's historically been... You has keep been saying blue. Nevada. It's Nevada. Nevada, and that's been historic, and that's been, they voted for Clinton last time, and so it was like, oh, wait, there's a really good chance he's going to win. Whoa. And then. Wait, sorry to interrupt you, but yeah, no, they called everything. They called. Okay, great. Yeah, and Nevada, sorry, so, Nevada is blue. Great. So um, they hadn't at the time, and um, and then, um, yeah, and so, and then, so the next day was very I was still rather anxious because it still could go either way. Um, so I called my girlfriend, broke up with her, and then I... That's <laughs> uh, a true story. But, um... And uh, not because of the election, but because of... Um, <laughs> Baby Biden won! <laughs> See ya! <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was... No, uh, a, it's uh, a serious topic. It's I'm a whole... St- st- but, we, you know, we're we're still friends. Um... But but that was something, and then um, I went to. But then it became clear once PA overtook um, Biden or uh, Trump, as well as Georgia was overtaking, and so now we had like all these different states that were in the lead, and we're only going up and up and up. So we were like, okay, well, this it's kind of called. So I kind of figured it was called Thursday, and then Friday was when it was officially called, and everyone uh, was partying on the Saturday streets. for me. Oh, Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Saturday. Everyone, yeah, that's when it was officially called. See, I... So I guess Friday was when I did everything. No, see, that's the thing is... Um, and by the way, this is in, this part is in lieu of our film news. Um, no, but yeah, I'm the same same way, Sam. I, uh, I celebrated on Friday because Friday was like the first time I, I could see hope. And I actually, I bought some wine... And I'm like, Pennsylvania, baby. And I was playing D&D, yeah. and I said, you're welcome. Because mm. all my D&D friends are from Ohio, which uh, they all was super, red. very, very red. So, um, but yeah. yeah. Uh, and honestly, I love, the thing that would depress me the most, I know it's it's not the policies of just, I mean, of course the policies of Donald Trump, but I hate his constant tweeting. His t- His tweetings have power. Like every time he would call out somebody, it was like the stocks rose and the the stocks you know decreased. I don't know about that. No, yeah, it, it's true. There were there were times when he would say something like, like this this brand sucks or this brand or this oh. thing, and then the stocks would like fluctuate to him. He had immense power on Twitter. Now he's just an angry guy who's on his way out. Uh, yeah, and, and, and actually, part, as we're talking, he's he's, he's speaking. Uh, I watched a little bit of it, um, oh. and it seemed like nonsense. Uh, it seems like he um, was just—it was about operate like the the warp speed or whatever. Because I guess Pfizer—that's I mean—that's the other good news is Pfizer just. Oh yeah, that's. I mean, it was like a gave us a ninety percent. Bing bang boom. And what's funny is like so I guess Pfizer said that like they weren't a part of Operation Warp Speed, and so part of the the speech. <laughs> Trump was like, it's very unfortunate that Pfizer said that because it's not true. Uh, which, of course, I mean, I'm I'm trusting Pfizer on this. I'm not trusting anything Trump is saying. No, at this so it's like, it's the fact that Pfizer said 
that they're not part of warp speed i doubt they had maybe they had like a I mean, little bit of help yeah. but you you can now not just, enough to anytime anybody speaks about trump you can just look at his one tweet that continuously he said we won i won how, like how can he be truthful if literally he did not win but he thinks he won how how is anything he says plausible he's not joking yeah that's not a joke unless, unless so anyways him. apparently though that's where we are oh god apparently though he is doing this for the theater of it like since he yeah that's because, what i'm hearing like you know he's a he's friends with the guy who does wwe uh and in yeah. wwe you have something called the heel the which is the bad guy you know everybody like everybody truly hates his character like boo you know it's the bad and then you have grave digger come out and like yeah so you need that bad guy i think honestly trump who has been on wwe i think he's just the heel unfortunately i don't think he's specifically trying to be the heel though i think it's i think it just works better for him i think he knows that i mean he can't if he just switched sides all of a sudden like yeah you're right climate change is real uh I did lose. He would look. It would. It'd be like breaking a car. Um, it, I think that would. He, he's chosen his path. It would be great if he stopped. I just don't think in his mind he could stop. Yeah. Anyway, um, it's over. It's well. It's not over till January twentieth. But uh, well, it's over. It's there's it's, there's nothing really to worry about in in regards to transition of power. I mean, it's definitely in you my know, he's holding though, things up. In my mind, for any dumb like trumpster out there in my mind january 20th is like it's official he's in the seat because yeah. in between um, here and january 20th is when maybe donald trump tries to lock himself yeah. in donald trump you know proud boys go on the attack or you know all this stuff could happen but it's I all doubt that's it's all happen. i'm just saying all of it is illegal so Yes. So, anyways, let's transition briefly to because we have a great topic today. But let's transition to film news briefly because there is one thing that really, I mean, is just happened. Um, the Gotham Awards just announced their nominations, um, and we at Two Thumbs Undecided are big fans of the Gotham Independent Awards. Yes. Um, they uh, for the best. Have you seen any of this, Zach? I did, yeah. Beanpole. Uh... Yeah, so, well, for best feature, um, The Assistant, First Cow, Never Rarely, oh, Never Rarely, Sometimes Always, Nomadland, and Relic uh, were the, um, were the, 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 the movies. Um, I, Zach and I saw First Cow at New York Film Festival last year. We, both didn't really like it that much. I thought it was thought fairly it was boring. boring. I'm like, um, uh, I think it's kind of odd that it's gotten so much love. Uh, like, it's gotten so much love from the Gotham Awards. Um, uh, but you know, it's not a horrible movie. It's it's to each their own. It's I, fine. I guess it's the you know, it's a fine movie. I did also see Never Re- Rarely, Sometimes Always. That is a fairly. I think that is better than First Cow. Um, it's about a teenage girl who is, goes to New York or travels to New York, crosses state lines to get an abortion. What movie, um, what movie was this? Never, rarely, sometimes, always. Oh, was that at the New York um, Film Festival? 
No, I just saw this because um, uh, a friend showed it to me and like said to watch it. Um, and Nomadland, of course, that's Chloe. Uh, what's her last name? So, so that's Chloe Zhao's um, movie. Uh, she did The Writer uh, about three years ago. It's gotten a lot of. I mean, it, it seems to be the biggest, uh, one of the biggest movies that's been, uh, you know, talked about. Um, but yeah, so that was nominated, and yeah, for best international feature, we got Beanpole, which is my favorite. Um, and we have an exclusive Bakir- uh, interview, oh, Sam. Yeah, we got an interview with them, with the director. Um, Kantemir Bulgov. Um, there's also a lot of uh, hype with the 40-year-old uh, version uh, with the, the the screenplay Rada Blank. Um, also, she was nominated for Best Breakthrough Director Award. Um, there's a lot of things to really dissect here. Um, but, you know, um, and a lot of it we haven't really seen because we didn't really do a lot of the movies this year. We kind of focused more on interviews and doing deep dives in directors, which we'll, uh, I guess we'll continue on with doing today because we have a director um, who is who Zach uh, and I watched um, some movies. a few of his movies this week. Yeah. I watched two of his movies and Sam watched three of his movies. So, um, Yeah, Ozu... Uh, yeah, mm, wait. Oh, no. Yeah, it's uh, Ozu Yesusiro, um, or yes, yes, Yesusiro Ozo. Yeah, but Ozu. If, uh, sorry. Yeah, o- but if you say it in Japanese, you say his uh, last. Yeah, name. Yeah, you say the the last name first. So Ozu, we'll just be calling him o- Ozu. Um, a, a, but he is an, a landmark director in uh-huh. cinema, uh, and one of the greatest directors in Japanese uh, filmmaking. And I'm just gonna. I uh, I watched two of the movies that I watched, and I um I haven't seen enough of Akira uh, Kurosawa's movies, but I think I'm an Ozu fan, Sam. I'm a I I I think I'm a, meaning I'm over like over Kurosawa. I like, I like Ozu, Ozu better. much better than now, Kurosawa. The, the reason why is so Ozu's films are much more to the to the grounds, salt of the people. So the two movies I saw of his was his seminal film. The movie that is like his number one is a, to- uh, a Tokyo Story. Uh, just is sorry, she, I think no, just, just Tokyo, Tokyo Story. Yeah. It's called Tokyo Story, and his last movie, uh, an autumn, an autumn afternoon, and both of them dealt with marriage and kind of aging, and how time goes on. And it's set very realistically, and something about I like I felt the the characters I, I like the characters, and there was no real, really the the villains in a lot of his movies that I saw was just time and life. While in Kurosawa's movies, his was very much playing with the good and bad, you know, the princess yeah. on the run. So in a way, I think a lot of people love Kurosawa because they're more adventure. You have you know Seven Samurai, uh, Hidden Fortress, uh, uh, Game of Thrones. Sorry, not Game of Thrones. Uh, uh, Game of Thorns. Game of Thorns. Um, but while you have Ozu over here is just like you idiot. Well, I bet he didn't say that, but 
He's he he's dealing with real things. And I like that. It's not blo- it's not Hollywood, baby. Yeah, I mean he's um it's it's a little bit more of like people are are really it also like there is no heroes in any of his movies. There's um everyone is is just kind of dealing with families kind of separating. I mean, that seems to be a, the major theme in everything that I saw. Um so what were the three movies uh what sorry, what are the three films? So I saw, saw the the Noriko trilogy um which is his kind of most famous collection of work um which was uh the early early spring which came out in 49 or sorry late spring which came out in 49 then there was early summer which came out in uh, 51 and then it ends with Tokyo Story. I already saw Tokyo Story beforehand. Um so I saw just the late spring and early summer this week. And I also saw um, the film that was basically the, the, the movie that got him international acclaim. And that was I Was Born But, um, which came out in, in the 30s, um, in the early 30s. Um, so I, I'll start with I Was Born But first, because I think that honestly might be my favorite one of his. Um, maybe... Maybe besides Tokyo Story, but I was born, but was a little bit different from the other ones because it the other ones are very focused on family um, dynamics because someone's getting married or someone's some something is changing in the family. Whereas I was born, but was kind of just a, a boy's life. Like it's just about these boys overcoming this bully, but it's also a silent movie, so he does it you know, in a comical way, um, just through imagery. And he originally was hired as a, a comedic director. That's how he st- got his start, was doing comedy movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I Was Born But is was kind of this comedy, but also had some real uh, issues in it. And it's funny because it's, you know, watching his films, like obviously there's a little bit of a, a disconnect between modern american values versus uh 50s japanese values in which the family is is much more of like this integral thing um and also um just um kind of hierarchy i think there is a little bit more hierarchy um in 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 at least 50s culture um in japan and probably in in america as well but it's not as much but there is uh, the dad in I Was Born But. He is seen to be a fool because he's making like goofy faces in front of his boss. And that really pisses off the kid, like the two boys. And I guess it's supposed to be a, they lose their innocence when they realize that their dad is is this, this, this fool. But in my mind, I'm like, this guy is a fun dude. Yeah, imagine <laughs> He's making you're... some goofy faces. I would love yeah. it if my dad made some, if he made, I loved it every time he made goofy faces. But these kids like really like threw a huge tantrum whenever he, his, their dads. And that was kind of like the, in a way, the climax of the movie. Um, <laughs> that they, that they saw their dad making some goofy faces in front uh... of the boss. And that was like, wait, our dad's a goofball. Uh... What the? Imagine your watch your you your dad is like Bob Odenkirk and you realize he was on a show <laughs> called uh Mr. Show and you're like, "Ah, I've lost all respect for my dad who's beloved by a, millions." 
I guess it's supposed to be a movie about the loss of um, innocence. Because I they I, from then on they kind of realize that they're at a disadvantage, not just because their dad's a goofball, but also just because their their dad doesn't they don't come from money while their friends do come from money, and um, but they're also able to. Um, they realize that they're also able to forge their own future, you know, and it's a really sad movie. It's just like the dad like has to deal with the fact that they're, they're, his kids are sad with him and disappointed with him and him dealing with that. Um, I mean, a lot of the stuff, uh, talking about Ozu, sorry, am I talking for a while? No, I just, I think it's such a funny concept that these kids, it's such a serious thing that they're like, our dad is a ding dong. <laughs> Uh, like, you, you know, in in other movies, like in an American movie, I don't know, if you made this movie today, you realize your dad, uh, I don't know, you know, is a a pencil set, like he's a, a sideshow, uh, like he has five jobs. Like you may like, oh my goodness, we're like, my dad's not successful. But in this, it's like, oh yeah, this guy, like I mentioned, this dad has a job and he has a wife. But no, he just makes some silly faces for his boss. Yeah, but I guess the thing, like, it also plays into, like, like why he, why can't he be his boss? Like, they're asking, like, these questions. Like, they, they just never really thought about capitalism and how it works and, like, how the... So it's like, why can't you just start paying him and he's your boss? Or can, he's your employee. And he's like, well, I don't have money. And so it's just, like, explaining this fundamental concept that everyone kind of knows to people who they've never thought about this before and it's the first time so it's like that's kind of funny but yeah the fact that they introduce it by him doing these funny faces so but something about ozu himself oh go ahead well just about the movie uh i was born but so this is his first uh kind of th- the first film that he does that gets him noticed he, mm-hmm. he's done a bunch of movies before his first movie he ever made with actual stars was i graduated but uh, but it was mm. it wasn't until I was born, but that actually it, it, that got Ozu uh, critical acclaim because apparently it was one of the first uh, first films in Japan that actually criticized Japan, like the mm-hmm. society, uh, and that was like, whoa, dude, this guy is cool. Yeah. But, so tell us a little yeah, about but, um, about uh, Ozu himself. Well. I was just like, so a lot of his movies, he has some, obviously he's focusing on uh, family issues. And I also think it's interesting as it goes. So he always seems to have two boys from what I've seen. Of course, I haven't seen all of his movies, but he always seems to have two boys in his movies, one older, one younger. And the younger really looks up to the older brother in a way in which the younger brother just copies the moves of anything the older brother does. I didn't really find um, that to be true in Tokyo's story. Really? There no. was those two boys. There uh, there were two boys, but they were kind of bratty. They, yeah, I well, mean, they're they, still brat. Like they, oh, but I they see weren't the mean. main characters. They're ju- they were just side characters, but that's always characters in his movies and it's there's so, always these two boys and it's really interesting that a lot of the themes that i saw too was uh being honorable like you don't have any parents just being like i don't care who you are or what you do i love you as long as you're happy uh mm-hmm. like in tokyo story the father uh the 
the patriarch of the family is disappointed that his son is a door-to-door doctor, like a like a house call doctor instead of like a surgeon. And he says his son's a failure, even though mm-hmm. he's a doctor. Uh, I just find that I it's it's interesting. I feel like it is yeah. Japanese culture, and not only Japanese culture, but maybe 1950 in general, because that uh, that mm-hmm. was uh, 19. 1953 was when that happened. Yeah, because so the other thing I was going to say, they always have those two little boys. But the other thing I thought was interesting is I feel like women are always um, at the at the center um, of these movies. Um, And mostly the what's her name, Uh, which is Setsuko uh, Hera. Setsuko Hera. Yeah. So. She plays the same character, and that's why it's a trilogy, is she has the same name in all three movies, um, but it's different um, It's different characters. She's not playing the same character, but she's, she has, it's the same actress, the same char- or character name in all three movies. And um, she, she is like the center, and I feel like it's a lot of women are the center of his story, and I think partially because of that, um, or one, part of the reason for that is I was reading that apparently in 1920, or 1920 he, at the age 17, he was thrown out of dormitory um, for being accused of writing a love letter to a good-looking boy in the yes. lower c- class. So I feel like maybe he had a little bit more um, appreciation for... It wasn't just about, like, you know, you're a man, you have to be this way, you have to... He, he had a little bit more fluidity also, um, um, I think he in his tr- view of life. I think he had major respect for, the 50s. Uh, for family because he... I also read that he lived with his mother as a single man up up until the day uh, she died and then he died. So He, he died he, fairly soon after. He was... It was like two years after. So he li- imagine um, Sam us living with our moms while we were uh, like huge, you know, fina- like we're critical directors and also being single. Mm-hmm. Like that. Yeah. That you, to I me, mean, as a just as an American, like that that just doesn't. I, that to me, I feel like other people would make fun of me, but that I feel like that is the culture. I I do think he was also maybe a little. It's he's just kind of this this weird dude. Um, he yeah, like his he's buried right next to his 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 grandma or next to his mom. Oh. Um, and he died of throat cancer because he had um a pretty bad drinking problem problem. Um, Can he you get was throat cancer from. Yeah, I mean that's uh that's doesn't say, kind of part of the Okay, by the way, it doesn't say that because of his alcoholism that he was Okay, fine. But he was a big alcoholic and it definitely didn't help. No, yes, um, that... but he did he did get throat cancer and died of it in 1963 uh on his 60th birthday and he was buried next to his mom. Um and there's no engraving of their names at all. All it says above it is uh Mu, uh, Mu? Which means um, nothingness. Nothingness. And um, to pay respect, and Sam, I think if you and I ever go to Japan, uh, or no, uh, not Japan, it's at Cam, maybe this is Cam Kamakura. Oh, it is in Japan. 
but where he's buried, I think we should visit his grave because what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to leave flowers or uh, a bottle of whiskey or sake. Yeah, sake. Because drink an, a lot of sake. That's another thing, uh, too, is I was watching these movies, and I'm, I was also like, whoa, these guys drink a lot. Like, yeah. in, in an, an autumn afternoon, this grandfather, he's like an old guy. He gets drunk, like, every night. Uh, and he seems like a well-to-do guy. And they also, like, they have a friend, or they have a teacher. This So an odd, I'll go into what an autumn afternoon is, and the theme is here. Is So this was 1962, well after the war. And uh, this man uh, and is talking with his friends. Uh, they, they're all successful. And they're talking about kind of what their children are doing uh, and what their lives are. Like one of his friends who are also in their 60s. Uh, just got remarried to a young wife, which apparently is like pretty like, hey, that's great. And then him, the main character, uh, he uh, his daughter has still not been married off, which, by the way, she's 24. And I'm sitting mm-hmm. here as 26. I'm like, oi, <laughs> once again, this is this is hitting home. Well, it's the culture. I, like an but, other because that's this is the same thing with. A lot of his movies is that there's a daughter that's not getting married off. In in late spring, it was she was 27, and then in early early summer, it was she was 28. But so something, something it I, ranges. I also saw was so uh, another big thing in this uh, in an autumn afternoon is they uh, him the main character and his friends are hosting a reunion for their old professor, who I guess they they looked up to but this professor now is a lonely old man old widower who uh is kind of a drunk and owns a noodle shop uh and his daughter he like he's really sad this this professor's ex-professor because he because he was an old man his daughter stood around like stayed around him and basically took care of him until she was like in her 40s so he mm-hmm. he feels resentment to himself that he basically ruined her da- his daughter's life because of him. Uh, and then mm-hmm. all his friends, the main character's friends, are saying, like, that's going to happen to you if you don't marry your daughter off. And mm-hmm. so, like, every time that yeah, happens, he of, takes a drink of sake. A lot of these movies have just, like, it's about the, the mom or the, the typically the at least from what I saw, it's the the dad is getting very anxious. It's about the dad and the and the daughter, that kind of dynamic. Because no. there's um the one the the first one that I watched and I liked. I think it's my favorite of. Really, I I think my thing was I just didn't I didn't love um, early spring or early summer, hmm. too much. Um, it was. Let me see. Yeah, late. Yeah, I didn't really love early summer that much. I, the story was more about youth and rebellion and rebelling against arranged marriages, but there wasn't, there wasn't as much conflict. It was like, it was more of just a snapshot in a life. Um, but with late spring, I liked that a lot more because it was about the conflict between the daughter and the and the the father, and the father was getting older and older. And she was worried about leaving him because 
she because who's going to take care of him and so there was a little bit more of like this central relationship between the two of them and um they have to kind of end up making it it, it kind of ends on a on a I'm not going to ruin it. Well, it's not really ruining, but it ends kind of on a sad note. Like, not people aren't really happy at the end. Um, whereas I think uh, early summer was a little bit more of nothing. I felt like nothing was really, nothing was really happening. Wait, which one that did you March. not like? Late. Spring? I didn't like late summer. Oh, I didn't okay. like late summer or early summer. Sorry, early summer. I did not like early summer. I did. I did really like late spring because I do want to um, see. I, I I do want to see late spring. Uh, one, the Criterion Collection has a really nice cover, and uh, something about it just makes it look good. But uh, another, so you know, each director I feel like has their own guy. Uh, like you see the same actor in a lot of Kurosawa stuff. I mean, hell, you see Robert De Niro in uh, uh, like six of Martin Scorsese's. Now, uh, for uh, Ozu, uh, the guy that I saw in two of his movies was, and I looked this up, this is how, at least from what I heard, uh, the guy's name is Shizu, Shizu Yu. Um, Shizu, Shizu Yu. And in Tokyo's story, he is the patriarch. He's the, the, uh, the grandfather who is kind of being bounced around from child to child, uh, like his children. And each one's mm-hmm. getting pawned. Each one's pawning him off. I mean, him and his wife, like their parents, off to each person. And it mm-hmm. isn't. Un- it's the only person who cares about uh, the parents is the late son, one of their late son's wa- uh, wife, who yeah. is uh, Nor. Uh, Setsuko. Yeah, also the actress Setsuko Hara. But uh, S- uh, Sisu Yu. Uh, also plays the main character in an autumn afternoon, which, by the way, Sam, I highly recommend. I loved really every minute of it. Yeah, I thought it was. Be- it's one of his few uh, colored films. I think. Mm. I, yeah, it's one of his few colored films, and boy, do the colors pop! I'm watching a. T- I watched them opposite. I watched an autumn afternoon first, then a Tokyo Story, and I, I liked a Tokyo Story, but I just. I was I listened to all these movies on my headphones, so there's there was that buzzing, uh, beautiful shots. But uh, I, I after seeing an autumn's afternoon, there's a scene where it's like several shots are just alleyways, and they're just remarkable. Just they they just yeah. Not even some of them don't explode with color, but my goodness, does Ozu know how to sh- uh, set up a shot? And I, I want to talk oh, a little man. bit. I mean, about that's his, something we should talk about with him is it his claim to fame stuff, i think is actually well uh, let's talk about what did he invent okay so he something um not a lot of people did or really did at all was you shoot um you shoot what is it you shoot at a 45 degree angle if someone's mm-hmm. looking off camera but a lot of mm-hmm. the times he would and like if you are looking off to the camera your head is pointed at a 45-degree angle. It just makes it look more like you're looking at them. What he would do is have the head, like, right at the camera, and they would look 18, I would say, degrees Yeah, like just off. off. Like just off from the from looking at the camera. And he would also, the way he would shoot stuff, too, is he would shoot them almost full length. You would He would shoot, them, for the most part, 
you would shoot people from waist up, mm-hmm. uh, but he would shoot from knee or really to feet. Well, or he would just like really he put the probably his most iconic shots are the ones where he just puts the camera on the ground and he I mean this is fairly rare at the time like at the time but um he would shoot from the the he would shoot the you would see the ceiling like you would see the top of the the ceiling and you would see like people's feet you would see the floor you would see the whole entire place cuz he would put the camera down on the ground and he didn't like actors breaking the screen he didn't like to see actors um like hit the side of the screen so that's why he would put the camera further down the hall so actors would go you would see them go into a doorway or something like this and i mean japanese architecture it's just really great for cinema i feel like because it's they there's so many wide open spaces and so many lines in the house that it just it's very not easy but it's 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 uh it's the shots you can achieve more aesthetically pleasing kind of symmetrical not symmetrical but just aesthetically pleasing shots in in those types of houses where in in America I feel like houses that's more blank walls or like painting on walls it's a little it's not as it's not as soothing I guess no I totally agree I think um yeah if I if I had to if I was watching a film and it's just shot down a hallway or just shot down an alleyway and every single like the back you know the foreground is full but like the middle is empty it's always the middle is slightly empty but there's something in the Mm -hmm. background there's in the midground and then there's something in the foreground i know it's an ozu film that i mean and that's the thing i don't really think you could i mean you can achieve this but because the way japanese houses are created with the 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 sliding doors and just the um rectangular the structure of them Mm -hmm. it just makes it more pleasing to look at down a hall which is why in an autumn afternoon everything that you see like that where it's just shots of stuff down a hall um you know this beautifulness of it it's that but in color so everything is Mm -hmm. popping or 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 saturated or undersaturated. Mm-hmm. It's just really nice. And I got uh, after seeing an ad- autumn's afternoon, and I want to see more of his stuff now. I, I see now where you know. So, uh, Paul, I think Paul Thomas Anderson stole a lot of shots from Martin Scorsese for like Boogie Nights, mm-hmm. and Martin Scorsese stole a lot of his shots from people like. Powell, Michael Powell. Oh, Powell, yeah, Powell and uh, S- uh, Samuel Fuller, people like that. Um, I think the person who emulates Ozu the most is Wes Anderson. Yeah, there's a whole. Because, uh, you said that there's a whole video essay about that. Actually. Oh, really? That's how I first. That's how I first knew about Ozu. Is there was a video essay that popped up. I'm gonna have to watch about because... comparing the two. But the, you're right. There is. There's. I was gonna say that because there's. A, there's a scene where. I also think you know Wes Anderson has developed his own style now that I don't really, I personally don't like. But he. But some of his earlier stuff, like um, there's first off just you know the the symmetrical, still beautiful shots. But which I think Wes Anderson. That's the thing I don't beats you over the head with. Yeah, but Wes Anderson is symmetry at its 
fine, like symmetry all the way. Thing about an Ozu thing is, I don't think his stuff is symmetrical. I think it's just everything is so well placed. I he think, knows how to use space. Yeah, like, like, he knows how to use the empty space. And I think it's because um, he shoots at a lower angle, so everything looks bigger. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's not that the 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 screen is. Uh, filled it's just it makes everything like the wall and the teapot and the the door it all looks like it's been placed right where it needs to be well a west anderson film everything is um kind of like a tet like tetris and with bright colors there's, so that's yeah I, there's I think, a scene in yeah there's a scene in um late spring um that it's i've seen it's i've seen it a lot um shown in different video essays video essays um but she they're falling asleep so the daughter and the dad are falling to sleep um and the they're talking about the daughter also in late spring it was kind of funny she has such a strong abhorrence to her dad remarrying Mm -hmm. um so like she's like she's finally coming to terms with this and she's trying to talk to her dad about this um but her dad falls asleep And so you just hear him snoring and you see her face looking around the room. And then it's just a shot of uh, an empty vase, like up on this, up on like this higher, you know, platform. And it's, and so you just see her eye, what she's looking at. And it's just the still shot of this empty vase as like, she's, you know, I guess looking for, just looking for some kind of comfort. And that's, that's what she wandered on. And then it reminds me exactly of the scene in Moonrise Kingdom, where the two, um, the the parents who are slowly drifting apart and getting a divorce, are in bed together or in separate beds, and they're both just looking up at the wall. And you see what they're looking at, and you see on the wall it's just you know some lights on the wall from like the street below. Um, so they're not really looking at anything particular, but maybe that's that kind of shows their just lost mind. Um, so that's, I feel like, I mean, Ozu really uses objects in a way that I haven't seen. Like when people leave a house for the last time, he just has shots of these objects in the house, like objects that you've seen throughout the whole entire movie. You've seen them sitting in these chairs, you've seen them all over. And he just has like still shots of these chairs, of these mirrors, of these things. And he just holds on them for 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 seconds um for three four five seconds maybe even longer um 10 seconds and you just really just are feeling the weight of this being the last time then only is the character seeing this for the last time but you're seeing these objects for the last time um and i think there's there's a lot of power to that yeah i think um it's uh another thing that i was thinking about uh when i saw his films <clears throat> His films was uh, almost like the I Spy books. I don't know if they still make those, but just the beautifulness of everything just kind of... But it, it's like an average house, too. Yeah, so, and, and well, like, yeah, average Japanese house. I, I took, I took like, uh, just a, a quick bathroom break uh, in between an autumn afternoon, and when I was going downstairs, um, I looked in my hallway, and I'm like, this could be an Ozu shot. Like, just the way it's shot. Like, mm-hmm. and it's almost like a film challenge to maybe the next film you do try to 
it, because I never if, after watching these two movies, I realized you can make someone walking down a hallway interesting. Like every single mm-hmm. time, uh, there, I mean, there were in, also he repeated the same shots, and it was kind of that, and it was gradually more and more like. So there is a shot where it's shot down a hallway, and it's pointed at. Um, it wasn't pointed at the opening of the door, but it was the door slid into like you could you didn't see them come into the door, but you could see the sliding door showing that someone was coming in. And there were three shots in an autumn afternoon. The very first one, the main character uh, comes in and the door slides gracefully open. And then the other one's kind of like kind of kind of difficult. And then the, like one of the last ones is like it's it's struggling because this guy is like getting more and more anxious and getting drunk all the time, which mm-hmm. is why when I saw both these movies, yeah, I've, b- all, these two characters who, uh, uh, I think the main character of both these films, uh, I think Ozu emulates with this. Uh, but I'm not seeing, uh, Ozu never did any interviews. And I, uh, it doesn't, I feel I, like he's, he also like so. You you said he reminds you of Wes Anderson, which is like yes, yeah, so I, I I can see it. Who, as we know, is a, a huge degree. drunk. But yeah, but someone Just who kidding. is a huge drunk, and who I feel like is probably the most comparable to Ozu in America is John Cassavetes, because huh. they have who also died. But, at... Minus though, but like him, yeah, they they both died in similar ways, and they were both major alcoholics. Um and they both died way too young, um, but their shots aren't the same. So I, I like John Cassavetes. He would say like he doesn't want anyone to ever analyze his shots. Like his shots are not the greatest. I think he likes to just set the shot up to let actors explore. Like he's much more concerned with he's what very the actors fly are doing. The wall. But I'm more talking about the writing and also the editing where they allow things to just happen. Um, they just let shots go for a while. Um, and the, 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 the stories are about people going through some kind of change, and the change is not something that is monumental. It's not like the end of, their, it's not like the end of any of these people's lives. Um, people aren't, well, for the most part, I guess, besides, you know, one movie, which we won't say, but people aren't dying. Um, I don't want to give away endings. Um, But um, so people aren't dying. It's just things are just happening. Um, And you're just watching as people are processing things happening. Um, And of course, the characters are very different. In John Cassavetes, people are yelling and going through huge huge mood swings. Highly recommend Um, watch uh, listening to our John Cassavetes. Yeah. It's like, you stupid. (laughs) And then they'll like Um, raise a fist. I could not. If they did that in an Ozu film. I feel like they're both polar opposites, but they're also very, very alike. One's hot, Um, one's warm. Get what I mean? But. I I I feel like it's fairly obvious what you mean. Yeah, but, but like it's it's really deep. I would give it to me. I wanted you to say that was deep. All right. One is I, warm and one is hot. See, hot hurts. Oh, it's, okay, it, I get it. It I blisters get it. you. Right. Warm Fine. is what you want to be in the winter time. Like I love being nice and curled up. Warm is like ah, like I don't really feel yes. coldness in an Ozu film. Everything like people are cold, 
but there's always a central character who is trying to do the best for his family. I say the, but the other thing that I think is interesting. I mean, we we're running out of time, but one of, one of the things I think is interesting is we really just focus on the family, like at least with early for late autumn and and um, or sorry, late spring and early summer. They talk about the person this person is getting married to, but we really don't ever see them. We just see the family. And it kind of cut and we see like the 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 wedding or something either after the wedding or we don't ever see anything outside of this close-knit group of people. Right. You don't um, So what you're I think So it's very insular. Yeah, and something I read too is uh or I think I heard is is he doesn't really show big events. He'll show the dinner mm-hmm. where they talk about arranging someone to marry. They won't show mm-hmm. the marriage. They won't show the funeral. They'll show mm-hmm. um they'll show everything around it and then let you you know kind of gather up the pieces because it's mm-hmm. I think the Ozu's way of doing it. And I, I kind of appreciate it. It's more of a, a creative storytelling is we get the person it got married. We don't need to mm-hmm. see it, yeah. um, which I think is just genius. And, yes, I very much I have a lot of Ozu stuff all tucked away in my Criterion channel. Also, one last fact, fun fact, and then I want to say another movie I watched um, accidentally, is uh, a lot of Ozu's movies was shot on the film site uh, on a, uh, f- a st- the studio called uh, uh, Toho Company. Uh, it, a lot of his stuff was shot there. And uh, also famously shot there was a lot of Godzilla films. There you go. So Godzilla may have... Uh, may, who knows? Maybe Godzilla is in the same... Uni- uh, the Ozo... The Ozo... Ozoverse. Yes. I like to think so. Or maybe Ozu Anyways. films are Godzilla-verse. Now, can I tell you... Watch an Ozu film... Well, to finish my thing, watch an Ozu film, if, especially if you're going through some kind of change in life. Mm -hmm. Because I think it's a great thing to watch if there's some kind of change in which you're leaving behind people. Um, It doesn't even have to be family, but, like, if you're feeling like you're feeling behind people, and I'm not necessarily saying it'll make you feel good, but it'll make you feel seen, I think. And that's the for any great director is they they show people in a way that um, is very honest. And I think he was very honest um, and one of my favorite directors. That, that's, but, um, that's beautiful. And to that degree, I think I now realize I need to make a change in my life uh, because uh, I um, got caught up watching this stupid movie with my yeah. r- uh, my roommates and I actually, uh, in all, all in all honesty, I was about to watch an Ozu film, but this movie, in its stupidity, grabbed me. And I also, I like being around my roommates. It's not my fault. Right, what's the movie? The movie is Leprechaun Six: Back to the Hood. How was it? It was. It was horrible. Uh, Do you remind you of an Ozu movie? Not at all. Actually, it's the first movie. That it has a page, like a page transition, you know, something like you would see in an iMovie, where like the scene is curled up, like you're turning a page, uh-huh. and then also they used an like an iMovie transition of like the clock, 
uh, that yeah. like at random times. And I'm thinking to myself, so yesterday I watched an autumn afternoon and immediately gave it like, I love to go on I, uh, letterbox just to classify all the movies I've seen. I immediately gave that like a five out of five. And then the next day I'm trying to watch, uh, floating, uh, fl- uh floating weeds, which was the movie I was going to do. But because I wanted to, you know, I hadn't seen my roommates and I wanted to be a part of the, the experience. I watched this stupid mm-hmm. movie. So, yes, I need to make a change and not be, yeah, be with yeah. people who are good uh, movie uh, good movie watchers. I haven't really seen anything outside of Buffy. I am now on the last episode of the third season. Oh. And um, I, it's funny, you know, we did the Buffy episode, but it's funny because I'm watching this stuff and I'm kind of like, they should be dead by now. Like, there's so many times that they get captured and then for some reason, they're, they don't get killed. They're just like, we'll keep them alive, and that's how we'll win. And it's like, that's, that's how you lose. Yeah, But it's, they, are called you know, the, they are called the Scoobies, or the Scooby gang, and that's kind of what happens with Scooby. Like, the bad guy should kill them all the time. I, but I, one of the things I appreciate most about the show is that sometimes it dives into, like, very real things like they killed off they sometimes they do kill off characters that are like and it's like that makes sense anyways that's kind of it for today we're probably running out of time um thanks for listening we'll probably dive into another um director next week if you enjoy this uh keep listening and if not keep listening all right till you enjoy it stay clean spider-man bye-bye